Hi, I'm Ed Stott. Welcome back to That's Helpful. I'm so happy to have you here. Most of us will move over 10 times during our lifetime, and it's often one of the most stressful things we'll ever have to do. But what if I told you you'd never have to do that again, that you can absolutely love where you live and build a strong attachment to your town, no matter where it is? Melody Warnick is the author of This Is Where You Belong and If You Could Live Anywhere. And she's also got an amazing framework for if you're one of those lucky people who can work from anywhere or on finding where you're meant to be and where will help you achieve your full potential. Melody, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Ed. I'm really excited to talk to you. I'm so excited because I feel like this is something that everybody struggles with. Tell me, when did you decide that you wanted to get to the bottom of and understand uh, the psychology behind our relationships with where we live? So it was really personal for me. My husband and I had gone through a period where we were just moving every few years, you know, jobs and grad school and stuff. And He got a job in a little town in Virginia in the United States called Blacksburg. And every time we moved, I'd always be like, this is it. This is going to be the place that we love and it's going to fix our lives and everything's going to be better. And so that was what I expected out of this sort of small college town in the mountains. Like, this is it. This is going to fix everything. And then we moved and right away I was like, this sucks. You know, this just, (laughs) it wasn't, um, it, it was just, I I think a lot of it was just moving is really hard. And Mm. we moved to a place where we didn't know anyone. We didn't know our way around. And we had to kind of wrestle through those first months of being new people in a new place. But because we had been mobile for a few years, my response to that was just like, this is not working and we're just going to move again. We're going to fix this problem by moving again. But my husband had just started this new job and I had two kids at the time. And my older daughter had been to three schools in three different states. um, And I just thought, "I, I can't keep moving. I have to figure out how to put down roots and be happy in the community that I'm in. And so that really started me on this personal journey in my adopted hometown of Blacksburg to really try and figure out what do I have to do to fall in love with it here? What do I have to do to feel rooted and feel like I belong? Um, And so that was sort of the start of it all. When you'd done all this research and you started looking at it, you started exploring something called place attachment. Can you explain to me what what is place attachment? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in my desperate state in my new town and just feeling like, oh my gosh, I hate it here, but I can't move. What am I going to do? I started looking at the research, the scholarly research about people and how they relate to their places. And this term place attachment came up over and over again. And so it is a phrase that Uh, psychologists and sociologists and environmental scientists use to describe that feeling uh, of being really at home in a place. It's just a feeling of this is my place. (laughs) This is where I belong. And it happens not because, you know, place, the place you landed is perfect or, you know, does everything right. It really is based on your emotional connection to a community. And what I realized as I looked at the research is that 
place attachment is kind of hard to measure. It's a little bit of a fuzzy concept. Usually when scientists are studying it, they just kind of ask people how they feel about their place. Like, do you, do you like it here? Do you tell people about where you live? Do you know your way around town? Do, do you have friends here? Do you feel like there's a community here that would help you out if you needed it? Things like that. Um, and, and what helped people develop place attachment was in part time, just, you know, the longer you spend in a place, typically the more you tend to be attached to it. But it was also behaviors in a place. So people can behave in ways that increase place attachment for them. So for instance, there's a lot of research that when we know and trust our neighbors, we we developed this sense of community and community belonging. And that's a huge part of place attachment. It makes us feel at home. And so as I studied all this research, I kind of just, as a non-scientist, as someone who has mm. spent my career as a writer and a journalist, kind of just developed this totally um, low science plan that was like, mm. I'm going to do this stuff. <laughs> and if I do this stuff, if I behave like a place attached person behaves, I, I think the emotion will follow. And so I came up with this plan that I would do what I called love where you live experiments. And these were just little sort of behavior changes, little micro action steps that I could take in my town that were designed to make me feel more at home there. And it was really simple stuff. So for instance, there's a lot of research that shows uh, volunteering is just super great for you in a million ways, but it also happens to make you feel more connected to your place when you volunteer in your community. And so I signed up to volunteer at the local nonprofit historic movie theater, Popping Popcorn. Or Sounds there's excellent. Yes, it was great. Free popcorn. <laughs> it, I, I highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> there's research that people who shop at farmers markets tend to be more civically involved. They feel like more a part of their community. And so I started shopping at the Saturday morning farmers market in Blacksburg. And every time I'd kind of identify a piece of research, something that seemed like this is something that will build place attachment, I would just do it in, in my community. And I not, not everything worked. Um, there were definitely some fails. I spent a little bit of time trying to become a regular at a restaurant, you know, envisioning <laughs> that I'm going to get to this point where I'm going to walk in the door and they're going to be like a melody and it, it would just be great. That never happened like remotely. <laughs> But I, I realized that even if no one else noticed what I was doing, it changed me. It changed the way I felt about my community. It changed the way I related to that. And yeah. over the course of, you know, about a year that I really intensively worked on this project, it absolutely changed my mind about Blacksburg. Um, and, and the spoiler is I am still here in this same town and it's been 10 years now. And wow. I, I really love it and have no desire to move anytime soon. So, so it worked. <laughs> wow. I cannot wait to unpick your recipe for place attachment. Um, so tell me, obviously, other than the obvious that, um, 
you know, loving where we live means we'll stay there for longer. We won't have to move. What, what are the benefits of place attachment, of forming place attachment? Why should we strive to put the effort in and build place attachment where, where we live? So a few reasons, um, people who are place attached tend to enjoy a lot of uh, wellness, physical and emotional wellness benefits, even though place attachment is this sort of touchy-feely emotional concept. It really is Mm -hmm. something we feel. People who are place attached tend to have higher levels of social capital. So they're rich in relationships that help them. They have higher self-esteem and that may be related to something called place identity that when you are really attached to your place, you sort of see it as a positive reflection of yourself, an extension of who you are and that can make you feel better about yourself. There's also research that shows that people who are place attached are just healthier Um, You know, knowing and trusting your neighbors is a big part of that. And one uh, University of Michigan study found that people who knew and trusted their neighbors were far less likely to suffer a heart attack or stroke than those who didn't. Wow. There's even research that you live longer. I, um, you know, as I did this deep dive into all the (laughs) literature on place attachment, I found a study of elderly Japanese women who found that, uh, which found that those who liked where they lived, knew and liked their neighbors, lived on average about 6% longer than those who didn't, which maybe isn't a huge benefit. But the other part of it is you you tend to be happier. You tend to just have mm. higher levels of well-being in, in general when you're place attached. I, I think a lot of us don't think about our relationship with our place until we're unhappy with it, right? Like we, yeah. we just sort of, you know, move along the place or our city sort of blends into the background until something isn't working. There's traffic or, um, you know, where I live, the snow didn't get plowed and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, I hate it here. But when we actually develop a a proactively positive relationship with our place, it can genuinely make us feel better and, and happier. And the other part of that is that there's a lot of research that shows that when people Uh, love where they live, places do better economically. Uh, One study I talk about in my book is called the Soul of the Community Study. And it looked at 28 different communities across America um, over three years. They interviewed thousands and thousands of residents about how they felt about their community. And they also looked uh, looked at how the communities were doing. And there was a, a causation between communities that were had high levels of place attachment and high levels of GDP in their community. Like the communities just did better economically when people who lived there love them. And it really comes down to people who are place attached behave a little differently. So people who are place attached are more likely to say buy real estate or shop locally or invest locally. They behave in ways that are good for their community and it helps communities thrive. So bottom line is that place attachment is really good for you and it's also Mm. really good for the place you live. So it's really a win-win all around. Yeah, absolutely. And is it always something that takes a long time to develop or can we immediately land somewhere and 
already have place attachment? You know, can we immediately get there and think, you know, no, this is it for me? So that's a great question. In my experience of moving around, um, and, and one of the things that made me want to look into place attachment is there were absolutely places where I'm like, ooh, this, you know, this sort of feels right. I think places like people have personalities, right? They have mm. kind of a, a a temperament. And if you mm. happen to luck into a place that is a fit for your personality, you might feel at home a lot faster than you would otherwise. Research shows that place attachment tends to peak about five years after you move to a new community. Okay. Which is one of the reasons when I moved to Blacksburg, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, we're, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not spending five years being miserable. I want to speed this process up. And so that was kind of the idea around doing the love where you live experiments and getting really yeah. proactive. Like, you know, yes, if I just sort of exist here, probably my place attachment will increase over time because we tend to just develop, you know, a, a love for a place that becomes increasingly familiar, but I wanted to speed it up. And so I, mm. you know, identified all these things things that I could do, actions that I could take in my community to make me feel better about it. Excellent. So if we land somewhere like you did, or if we're living somewhere at the moment, and it's just does, we don't feel like it's our place. What's the first thing we can do to start putting down those roots and start to really love where we live? So I think the easiest one that you can do right away is start walking and biking more. Um, mm. it, it's maybe not super easy in every community, but a lot of us live in places where we're only ever in our cars, right? And we see everything through the windshield. And um, a, a study has shown that when we have that experience of just constantly being in a car, you know, commuting just makes us unhappy. And one of my theories mm. is when you're unhappy, you're also unhappy in your place, you know, like yeah. it, it tends to have the <laughs> spillover effect of making you unhappy where you live. But the opposite is true. When you're happier, you're, you're happier with your place. And so biking and walking tends to make us more satisfied with our lives. And it's also a way we develop mental maps of our community that can make us mm. feel at home, especially when we're new. So that was one of the things I did as a Love Where You Live experiment right away was just start walking my neighborhood. And you realize you start to experience your town at a very human pace, you know, not an automobile pace, but the kind of pace where you're maybe passing people on the street or you get to know the names of dogs in your neighborhood mm. and that can make you appreciate it more. The other thing I always tell people is work on developing your social relationships, your social network where you live. It really is probably the number one thing that matters to place attachment. And, and lots of the other things, things like uh, shopping at a farmer's market or volunteering all come back to that. They all come back mm. to developing relationships with people who live in your community. I, I once went to a conference and a woman came up to me afterward and said, you know, I really like my city, but I don't have friends here. And so mm. I'm thinking of moving. And in our 
day and age, we have really shifted from a time when neighbors would get together and play bingo or, you know, mm. poker uh, a couple nights a week to, you know, in America, like about half of people don't know any of their neighbors by name. So mm. that tends to be one of my first recommendations is first get to know your neighbors, just the people around you. When I did a love where you live experiment related to this, um, you know, with that thought in mind that trusting your neighbors and getting to know the people in your community is really core to developing place attachment. I just made some banana bread <laughs> and um, mm. took it around <laughs> to neighbors. Uh, there, there's an actual national holiday called Good Neighbor Day that's at the end of September. And so I went around oh, to perfect. my neighbors. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I honestly didn't know how it was going to go. I had a neighbor across the street who was this young guy and he had like these big ear gauges. And, you know, I was just like, he is a little frightening and he's not going to be into this super cheesy thing of a neighbor bringing him banana bread. But I was wrong. Banana bread is universally beloved. And um, I, I took this to him and it opened up this conversation. And it's not like any of the neighbors that I connected with we didn't become best friends, but what mm. happened is we sort of developed this baseline level of trust for each other. So uh, a couple months after doing this and getting to know, uh, you know, some of my neighbors, I was at an appointment and I was going to be late for the school bus dropping off my daughter, who was, I think, in first grade at the time. And I was able to text one of the neighbors I had met and said, you know, can you meet my daughter and, you know, get her off the bus. Can she go to your house for a little bit? And I'm just like, sure. And the fact of being able to do that, a feeling comfortable to do that, a feeling like you have the relationships to do that is actually really one of those uh, maybe underreported benefits of developing place attachment, right? Like we, we have relationships that make our lives easier and better. And um, so I, I think it's little things like that that can really make an impact when it comes to developing that relationship with your town. Yeah. And, and you say that in terms of building social capital, it's kind of like dating. You have to be proactive and you have to be willing to embarrass yourself, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, and it's crazy <laughs> how hard it is once you're an adult yeah, to, so to make, it's so hard. And yeah. just the other day, I, uh, I, I met up with a couple of people who were new to our area and just like hearing their struggle, you know, like they so <laughs> much want to make friends and mm. they're just not sure how to do it. We hung out for a little bit and at the end it's like, so are, are we friends now or was this just like a, a meeting, you know, like what was this? And it really is like one of you has to ask for the second date, you know, like you have yeah. to – you have to just decide you're moving forward with your relationship. And you don't want to scare them off. Right, right. It's <laughs> It genuinely like is so hard. I, I say in the book that kids and dogs are great icebreakers for that, but you know, not everyone has a kid or a dog. So hmm. the other thing I, you know, I tell people like find a community organization, join a church, join a sports hmm. league, um, you know, find ways that you can connect with people who have something in common with you. 
But it is, it is for sure a challenge. And I think more a challenge than it's ever been in history, probably. COVID 100%. made it so much harder. You know, like yeah. we're all just kind of like, I'm just going to stay home and watch Netflix. That's okay. A hundred percent. It it really is kind of like an impulse you have to fight just to hole up <laughs> in your house and be like, I I don't have energy for anything. You know, you kind of have to in some ways force yourself to the community events and, you know, the quiz night at the bar, whatever. Yeah. Just and, and the payoff is worth it, but it it takes some effort for sure. Yeah. One of the things I've heard, um, because I've thought about this a lot moving, cause I moved to Australia 10 years ago now from Manchester. Um, and I was 21 when we moved here. And so moving when you're 21 and you've got all your university friends and you've got all your, um, all your mates. And then I moved here and then I did online university. So I didn't meet anybody at university. And then I, you know, didn't really know anyone. That is so incredibly hard to make friends. But the, one of the things I read was like just turning up somewhere regularly. So I made a lot of friends through the gym and that kind of thing, like you're saying, but close to the neighborhood makes such a difference. Such a difference. Yeah, totally. Like it, I think that's why so much of so many of us have really fond memories of college because you are living mm. in community, right? Like, you will never have so a time yeah, I in, in your before. life again where you're just like surrounded by your friends and other people and and we kind of all sort of spend the rest of our lives going like, where did all my friends go? Um, 100%. But- or just having someone to text and say, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go to the gym? Do you want to get coffee? You know, who's available too, you know? Right, right. Finding someone who has kind of the same schedule as you and yeah. same same life stage. But yeah, those are great ideas, you know, finding the walking buddy, you know, someone yeah. that you can take a walk with. And then you're combining two place attachment strategies, you know, you're yeah. walking and you're walking with a friend. So <laughs> totally so helps. Good. So good. And so one of the other things you talk about is nature, is incredibly important for building um, place attachment. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mentioned that soul of the community study. And one other Mm. result that came out of that was kind of an identification of the three main things that made people feel satisfied in the communities that they were living and made them feel attached. And um, one was social offerings, feeling like your town had things to do and people to do it with, like we've been talking about. Mm, One was a sense of openness, feeling like your town was welcoming and that there were opportunities there for you. But the third one was aesthetics, like just feeling like your community is beautiful. And I I think a huge part of that is just connecting with nature, which is sort of like your town, uh, you know, shed of all the buildings and all the asphalt and everything. This is your community, how it was before anyone moved there, right? Um, the, The sort of natural environment. There's a ton of research about how nature affects us. Um, there's a thing called blue mind, which is this idea that, the closer we are to an ocean, the happier we tend to be. Studies have shown that. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was the study That's where. That's definitely true for me. Yeah, they they would text people and just be like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? You know, they would, they had some <laughs> app and 
the closer they were to a body of water, the better people tended to feel. Super interesting. Um, How interesting? Because I live right by a a river and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why a lot of us are sort of inexplicably drawn to these kinds of places Mm. and maybe don't know why, but there is research that shows this actually has an impact on the way you feel. Um, one of the things that super interested me when I was writing, this is where you belong is I talked to a guy who had done a lot of research about how we relate to natural spaces. And it was sort of like this evolutionary biology thing that we like places Mm. that make us feel protected, that give us a view. We like being close to water because, you know, for our caveman ancestors, that was important. And so finding, you know, finding places that make us feel those things can, you know, that connect us to nature in that way can be really important to place attachment. But I do think, you know, I think everyone is, um, that's very personal, right? How people Mm. connect to nature. There are some people who just really love the mountains and there's some people who really love the ocean, but what they have in common is that that too, you can sort of develop a taste for the kind of nature that exists where you are. When I moved to my town of Blacksburg, it is kind of up in the the mountains and um, it's very lush and green here, which sounds amazing. But when Mm. I moved here from a sort of flat place, it made me feel slightly claustrophobic and, Mm. um, you know, it was just kind of like uh, a, a little overwhelming. But as a love where you live experiment, I was just like, I'm I am going to learn to love nature where I live. And the way that looked was to just spend time in it to get um, to have experiences in nature. And so I started hiking. I camped, um, you know, I spent time outside very intentionally where I lived and now I look around my place, I'm like, this is really beautiful. And I'm so happy that I ended up here. But it did take a hot minute. But I mm. guess it showed me that even something as sort of primal and fundamental as how we feel about the beauty and the nature around us is something that we can kind of tweak for ourselves if we're not super happy with it where we live. Yeah, right. Interesting. And I, I've heard you talk about this before and you say that, you know, some of those places that you didn't initially like when you moved there, you started really liking because it was places that you'd been on lovely hikes with friends or places that you'd taken your kids, you know, that kind of reframe your perspective around those places that you once perhaps thought weren't that beautiful. Yeah, I absolutely have this idea about, you know, one of the things that makes us love a place is that we have happy memories there, you know, like we Mm. have had experiences there that have made us who we are. And that's the thing you're missing when you move to a new community. You haven't had the experiences there. And so you really have to mindfully create those kinds of experiences for yourself. You know, like when you're new to community, really you should become really active seeking out the town festivals and the Mm. the restaurants and anything that can become like, hey, we love going to this place. Remember that time we went there and that funny thing happened? Um, And that was my approach to spending time in nature is like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to have nice experiences hiking with my friends. This is going to be a good memory. 
And that's a hundred percent going to change how I feel about this place. Yeah, absolutely. How important is perspective on your place attachment? And I suppose the gratitude and how you perceive what is around you. What a good question. I think Mm. perspective is hugely important. And Mm. I think understanding that you have some control over this, that, you know, really for me, doing love where you live experiments was an activity, an exercise in changing my mind (laughs) about this place that I didn't really love right away. And and reframing slowly over time everything that I thought I knew about my town um, by making friends, by getting to know areas that were unfamiliar, by having positive experiences there. I think you could probably short circuit that whole process simply by developing gratitude for what your community is offering. But it really is about seeing the good in your place. One thing that I talk about a lot is that no place is perfect. You know, even Mm. if you feel deeply attached to your community, you certainly can identify things in your town that you hate or that are irritating. Um, and, and that's okay. (laughs) Your, your place doesn't have to be perfect for you to love it, to feel attached to it but kind of shifting your focus so that you see more of the good and and less of the irritations will really go a long way to helping you feel like you're happy in your community and you want to stay there. Yeah, fantastic. And so, you know, obviously there are so many things that we can do to Uh, build place attachment and learn to love where we live but there are so many people now who can choose wherever to work you know they work remotely they can absolutely live anywhere Um, you call them anywhereists which I absolutely love but how do we go about if we can live anywhere figuring out where where the best place to live is yeah it I think it's so overwhelming right like yeah it if you're one of those people, and, and there were millions of them, especially during COVID, whose job suddenly went remote and your boss says, mm. you know, you don't have to come into the office anymore, you start to have this thought in your mind like, oh, like, I, I guess I could go anywhere and where should that be? And that can be absolutely paralyzing. There are mm. thousands and thousands of places in the world. So I, I first... Um, I give advice in my new book, which is called If You Could Live Anywhere, for developing a location strategy. And the idea of that is to just kind of become really self-reflective about Mm. what kind of place will help you. And it's sort of – I have to explain that this doesn't obviate the need to do these place attachment strategies. Yeah. Um, But I kind of just realized that with so many people who are anywhereists, which I just think of as people who have some level of autonomy about where they go, lots of people are making this decision and they need a little guidance about how to do that. So the first thing I tell people is, Find out if you really need to move (laughs) just because you might um, be able to work remotely now doesn't mean you have to become a digital nomad or or uproot yourself. There's lots of good reasons to stay 
in a place that we've been talking about, you know, like all these Mm. health and wellness benefits of having that place attachment. But if you do decide it's the right time for you to move and, and you're ready for that, I, I want people to really think about um, the values they want to live out in a place. I talk about how companies like Starbucks use data to identify the exact right place to build the next store. You know, it's got to be a community with this certain population and traffic is flowing this certain way. They're really, you know, um, really dialed in to what helps a Starbucks succeed. We don't have that kind of data, but the data we do have is our own experience, right? Like our experiences living in other communities, visiting other communities, um, and our experience is kind of understanding what sort of life we want to live. Because one thing Mm -hmm. that I see a lot of people do is when they're making this move, this anywhereist move to a new community, they're really often choosing places that represent a whole new way of living for them. You know, for some people, it really is just like, I want lower cost of living and I'm going to move to the next town over and buy a cheaper house. Um, And that's great. That's helpful. But for a lot of people, it's thinking about, I want to live a slower life. I want to live a life where work isn't the thing I think about 24-7. Or I want to live in a community that helps me be more creative or maybe helps me save more money. One of the couples that I talked to for the book were living in Seattle and, uh, you know, started their own business. They could go anywhere. And the number one thing on their list was we want to raise chickens. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this. when, When I think about that, it's probably less about the chickens themselves and more about, (laughs) I can't believe I said that, um, but Mm -hmm. it's more about what the chickens represent, right? Like Mm. this kind of slower life, this more rural life, a life connected to nature. It was really important for this couple who had been living in a big city and an expensive city for a long time um, to get somewhere where they had more access to nature, but also where they could maybe grow their own food. They envisioned, you know, having these cans, uh, home canned fruit lining mm-hmm. their their basement shelves. And so the move was not just, you know, we want to save money, although that was part of it. It really was, we are going after this lifestyle that we've long envisioned for ourselves and a new place is going to help us achieve it. So it's interesting because, you know, as as we were saying, you can move to a place expecting it to change you. And it's not the place that will change you. It's your your behaviors, your and your attitudes in the new place. So for this couple, you know, moving to Tennessee would not have changed their lives very significantly if they just sat inside their apartment and watched Netflix. But they went out and got chickens and they got a dog and, you know, they had done all these, they did all these things in this new place that they had been thinking about for a long time and the place facilitated it for them. The place made it a little easier for them to have the life that they wanted for themselves. Yeah. So I guess that's the thing. How much of a difference can choosing the right place have on our lives? So I'm of two minds about it, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. 
And and I say in the book, you know, place matters a ton and it doesn't matter at all, you know, especially <laughs> when you're a remote worker and you yeah. can really literally work anywhere and it doesn't matter. So in some ways, you know, in that way, it doesn't matter where you choose. You really can just choose anywhere. Um, and I also, of course, have this this framework of developing place attachment intentionally. And I believe that you can do that wherever you happen to land, whether you like your community or not, you can come to like it better. You can build Mm. a home wherever you happen to be. But I do think if you're in that position to choose a place for yourself, I think it can make a really big difference to choose the right place. I think it can um, you know, a, a huge factor, I think, worldwide right now is cost of living. And mm. imagine how much it changes your finances and therefore your life when you end up in a place where your cost of living is 50% lower. That can make a significant impact on how we live. But also other things too, you know, finding the right community that can support you as a creative person or finding a place that will help you start a business that you've always been thinking about. So I think, you know, there's no one right place for everyone. Mm. I think everyone's looking for something slightly different and therefore it's, it's important to identify what you're looking for and, and what you're seeking in a place. But I do think, you know, if you move to a place and if you, are really intentional about looking and creating that life for yourself, it can have a huge impact. And so, you know, no matter whether we, you know, have to live in a certain place or if we can choose anywhere, um, what's the number one thing that we should keep in mind to ensure that we love where we live? I think people need to keep in mind that, it's in your hands (laughs) that Mm. you can create this feeling of place attachment for yourself by acting in ways that a place attached person would behave. So if you're new to a town and you chose this place because you think it's going to give you the, the quieter life, you have to really intentionally seek it out. And if you've been living in a community for 10 years and you're just like, oh, this, this place has just never quite worked for me for me, you can try these ideas uh, around, you know, you can try love where you live experiments yourself and really become intentional about nurturing that positive, happy relationship with your community. Like I, I know that um, not everyone can be perfectly happy in every community, but I do believe that for most people you can you can ratchet up the happiness. You can, you know, yep. turn the dial on it and make yourself more happy, more comfortable, more connected wherever you happen to live. Which is so empowering, isn't it? Because, you know, like I said at the beginning of our conversation, moving is hugely stressful and often the worst thing that we have to do. So the, the oh idea gosh. that we can make ourselves a lot happier is so empowering. Right. Moving. And I guess that's the other thing to remember is even when you've like chosen this place and you've thought about it and you've mm. you've been really thoughtful, um, the move is going to suck. And you're, you know, you're going to have a period of just like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? This is yep. terrible. Um, but, yeah, I think 
it is super empowering to know that uh, you don't have to just be miserable where you live. I think 50 years ago, people didn't really make those kinds of active choices about where they live. Some people did, but mm. I think the majority of people were just like, well, I got a job and I'm going to wherever the job is, or they're transferring mm. me, I'm moving. And now we have a lot of evidence that shows that more and more people want to choose their place first and then get a job there. And, and mm. I think that reflects how important place really is to us and our happiness. It's not enough to just kind of like go along for the ride. We really need to be proactive about thinking about our place, finding out what our towns are good at and doing them, mm. you know, choosing things that help us become engaged in our town, that give back and create meaning and purpose in our town. Um, and, but, we we can do that for ourselves. We don't have to wait to land in the ideal spot to create that. Yeah. And as well as your books, there's a lot of resources on your website to help us do this, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. My website is my name, melodywarnick.com. And you I have a newsletter which comes out sort of sporadically. Um, but if you <laughs> sign up for the newsletter right now, you'll get a downloadable PDF of the Plate, location strategy exercises from my new book for anyone who's thinking about how to find a new place um, and hopefully that will help get people started fantastic well I have certainly found this conversation so helpful so thank you so much Melody I really appreciate you spending the time with me today I so enjoyed talking to you Ed thanks for having me that was Melody Warnick. She's the author of This Is Where You Belong and If You Could Live Anywhere. As always, I'll put links to those books and to Melody's website in the show notes so that you can take a look at those. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for joining me. You can join our little self-improvement club on Instagram. Find us at That's Helpful Pod. And if you're enjoying the podcast so far, please leave us a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much again for listening. I'm Ed Stott and I sincerely hope that's helpful. 